Hello, and welcome to the Common Briefing Program. This is a newsy spin on the Common Geeking Program, where each month we take a look at uh, the hottest headlines from geek news over the past 30-ish days. Uh, I am Colin Ketchin. I host these geeky affairs, and I am joined by some geeky friends. Hi, uh, I'm Jeff Levitt. I'm here. Hi, I'm Timel, or Chatter, whichever you prefer. And uh, whether or not you think it's cringy to throw the word geek around this much, it's in the name of the podcast. If you're here, you're already in it. So we're going to talk about everything that's happened over the last month. Uh, we actually had the a word geek was cringy. Is that a thing now? Uh, I mean, no, but I, listen, I am just sort of riffing on how I felt about what I was saying. And I felt like I said the word too many times to go unremarked upon, <laughs> you know, like. Well, maybe it's not the word geek that's cringe. Maybe it's just you. Do you ever consider I, that? Jeff, it's all I consider all the fucking time. That's everything <laughs> maybe, I consider. Or enough. maybe it's just the way <laughs> the capitalist system has like uh, taken this uh, subculture and just uh, absolutely turned it into Disneyland. You know what I'm saying? You're not wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong about that, but I will add on the little pepper flakes of I feel like the subculture of geekdom absent market exploitation would continue to spread spin inward ad infinitum anyways uh and then repeat itself in a lot of ways that is just as a participant of it but to be fair i think i'd rather be at a a little bit more mainstream geekiness because then you have like you know fewer people being bullied about it in school or like here's the thing shit like that you know what i mean the pump of mainstream is very typically in capitalism the idea that you have things that are not well known in the original hipster i was there first before it was cool take it and then share it with their friends and then that Mm-hmm. For the things that become mainstream, then the hipsters are like, I don't like that anymore. I need to find something new. And I feel like- very strongly about this, about one property, and that is uh, the ugly dolls. This. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, those. Those dolls with like the plastic teeth and eyes that look absolutely hideous. No, those are those are fugglers. Ugly dolls okay. are uh, a similar concept, just older. They're much cuter. Okay. But anyway, uh, it was like kind of a designer toy thing originally, and then uh-huh. you know people liked them, so they bought a lot of them, and then and now there's a fucking uh, Illumination Ugly Dolls movie. Oh yes, yes, yes. And okay. it's not that and ugly. I'm, and really. I'm very salty about the fucking Ugly Dolls movie because yeah. Ugly yes. Dolls. Part of the charm of them is they have fucking like these adorable little character bios that are like irreverent and kind of funny and they like lay out all of their relationships with each other and all of this. And then the Ugly Dolls movie is just like, what if we just fucking use these names of these characters and just make completely new shit that has nothing to do with that. And now that's the ugly dolls everybody knows. And, and that's how the sad. pump works because it takes the things from obscurity, pushes them into the mainstream, and everybody knows them and they have broad appeal. So you might say like, hey, at least the people that liked ugly dolls before aren't being bullied about it now. But whatever the next <laughs> ugly dolls is going to be in a few years, people are being bullied for that right now and that's where the problem is (laughs) and then in five years when ugly dolls 2 is popular they're gonna be like man i'm so glad that people aren't getting bullied for liking ugly dolls 2 and their colin 2 is gonna scrape his glasses up his fucking nose and say well actually the pump of capitalism says ugly dolls 3 and it's gonna continue conversation has exactly yes this is it is um (laughs) Very, very Westworld, very Michael, uh, Michael Crichton, dystopia, capitalism falling, just leading to the worst instincts of people. And by that, I mean, we overly commodifying the ugly dolls and leading to TV shows that make very little sense. But on in season four is still fun. Westworld's back and I'm having a good time with it. Um, oh, Westworld's back? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I guess I could talk a little bit about that, too. I will say up front. This is either going to be a much shorter episode or a much longer episode, depending on how we discuss <laughs> things. Um, we don't have a ton of individual things to talk about, but we are a couple of opinionated people, a trio, in fact. So let's dive in. It'll either be a much, much shorter episode or a much stupider episode. <laughs> yes, one of the two. And I hope you're on board for both. In July of 2022, I had a birthday, and that's the only news that matters to me. 
But also, there was some Star Trek news that lit my heart on fucking fire. Star Trek has had a lot of shows come out recently, and my whole life, I've never been shy to profess my care for the franchise, but I've always been very careful about how I recommend it to people, because I, I try to understand what people will actually enjoy. I enjoy Star Trek Discovery. I do not recommend it to everybody, because I think it has some pretty specific qualities to it that some people will enjoy and some won't. <laughs> That's a descriptor. Out of all the shows that have come out recently, I have been pretty universal in my praise and support for both Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated comedy series by uh, Mike McMahon of Solar Opposites and Rick and Morty fame, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is technically a spinoff of Discovery and a prequel to the original series from the 60s. It has a lot of retro vibes, but uh, the big thing is that it's like episode of the week, and it's a, a, an incredibly strong show that had an incredibly strong first season. I love the, these shows very much. In the timeline, they are obviously very different because one's an animated comedy and one is a live-action drama, and they take place about 120-ish years apart from each other. So when San Diego Comic-Con was happening, which is surprising because we don't have a ton of news stories even though San Diego Comic-Con happened, they announced mm -hmm. that there was going to be a crossover in season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds where two of the main characters from the animated show Lower Decks will be visiting the show. There will be a crossover between these two series. It's Star Trek. They do time travel all the time. They've crossed series in ways like this before, but n never by, like, having the cast come and join like this, really. So this is kind of new and fun. Um, but Tawny Newsom and Jack Quaid will be playing live-action version of their characters, I believe, on Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. That's it. I'm so stoked for that. It is just pure, unapologetic fun. It doesn't make any sense on paper, but it's like, what if we just put our two best shows together? And I'm kind of here for that. I like when... I like when franchises and shows lean into their resources. Mm -hmm. We have yet to see whether or not it will make good use of those resources, but I think they're pulling to, from two very strong wells, and I can't imagine not at least having a good time. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. Other than that, oh, I do want to shout out a show that has dropped on uh, HBO Max this past month also. This just something to put on everyone's radar just because I feel so strongly about it. Uh, Nathan Fielder of Nathan For You fame has a new show called The Rehearsal. Um, the premise of the show is that he uh, helps people construct elaborate simulations of difficult life decisions and helps them <laughs> rehearse what they could do going forward all through like a kind of like a, a very deadpan narration and a lot of strange behavioral quirks as is typical for Nathan Fielder. Um, that description sounds at once intriguing, but also kind of sterile. I'm just going to say it's a mindfuck top to bottom. And in episode two, the introduction, I have never yelled at my TV more than those two minutes. It was <laughs> absolutely stunning. Uh, it's a very weird show. It is not for everyone, but that is something that dropped this month. That's very big. Um, I also managed to get out and see Jordan Peele's Nope, which is now, I believe one of the highest grossing uh, original movies since Us of the past, like, like post-pandemic. Us was his last movie before the pandemic. But it's um, that and Everything Everywhere All at Once have both um, set some records for, I believe Everything Everywhere All at Once is A24, the publisher's highest grossing film ever, having crossed $100 million globally. Whereas uh, Nope, hold on, let me pull up these numbers. da 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 da, -da. Uh, I didn't have the numbers handy, uh, but Nope uh, has also managed to pull some pretty strong numbers in a box office that's been pretty dominated by Marvel and like family movies. So uh, Nope is also fantastically fun, and I highly recommend seeing that as well. Uh, I'd be down to do an episode on it in the future, but um, it was nice to see... Um, given that it didn't have quite the same fanfare as us as like the follow-up to Get Out uh, in terms of its release, I think it is a very strong entry and worth your time. Despite what Logan Paul says. <laughs> what the fuck did Logan Paul say about Nope? Oh, uh, Logan Paul made a, a post on uh, on Twitter or something saying that he didn't think Nope was very good. And then everyone responded with, well, at least they didn't just go out into the woods and film a dead body. Because <laughs> that's the thing that Logan that's, Paul yeah, did. Nope, that's it. <laughs> I will tell you this. It is certainly better than that. No, I like it a lot. I think it's a, it's a little less explicitly thematic in a way that his first two movies are. Um, but I still found it very 
like it had a strong sense of self and identity. It is also much more of like a straight up piece of entertainment. Uh, I found Us and Get Out both very entertaining, but this is like big screen thrilling in a way that I wasn't expecting uh, mm-hmm. and much more let loose kind of fun while still being very creepy, very surprising. Uh, all in all, I think an absolutely wonderful addition to his lineup. It's a little, I saw someone describe it as Spielbergian, which I think is sort of a mixed, uh, mixed connotations in my book, but I think it <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> I think if you added Spielberg to Jordan Peele's works, this is like the best version of that you could get. I, I had a very mm-hmm. good time. Uh, the last thing that I want to mention is everything because while San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con didn't have a ton of news, DC was very everything, quiet. Everywhere, the f- all at once. True. Uh, like DC was pretty quiet because, I mean, Amber Heard and Ezra Miller have both been dominating the news in the worst possible ways. So yeah. they have not been advertising their stuff. Oh, they were trying to keep secret that Ben Affleck is back in Aquaman 2, which uh, was there was be- Wait, there was a new uh, Shazam trailer, wasn't there? Uh, I believe we got a Shazam Fury of the Gods trailer and a was the Black, Black Adam, uh, tra- Adam. Was that trailer this month? Black Adam? Yeah. That was I, this month. It wasn't at Comic-Con, I, though. Okay. I, I, saw the one, I saw the Black Adam trailer in a movie, uh, like, before, like, the filming or the showing of a movie. I forget which movie, mm-hmm. but. I do remember seeing that trailer. Maybe a bad sign that you forgot the movie, but remembered a trailer. Uh, anyway, so the the thing that did get announced that was big was um, for the first time since Avengers Endgame, the Marvel Industrial Complex has decided to tell us what the fuck they're doing. And that came in the form of saying Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, that movie that where, you know, the lead actor passed away and we've said literally nothing about it for two years. That's still coming out in a couple weeks. And that's the end of phase four of our franchise. Uh, Phase four of our franchise began in... Uh, was it the fall of 2019? Was there another 2019 Marvel movie after Spider-Man Far From Home? I don't recall. I'm trying to think. I don't was think Spider- so. Was Spider-Man Far From Home the first? Uh... And no, that was the last of Phase Three. Um, wait. Phase wait, Three ended. And, ended on. with Endgame. Endgame wasn't Spider-Man. the last of. No, they consider Spider-Man Far From Home the end of Phase Three. I mean, it's it's all That's their own energy, organization. But okay. They considered yeah. it like the like the <laughs> epilogue uh, to it, right? Um, but I believe that that may have been the last one. If I'm forgetting something, I'm so sorry. But then we went on hiatus because of you know the apocalypse, and we came back in 2021 swinging as two years of content was crammed into one. We got a bunch of Disney Plus series. We got four movies in like four months. It was absolutely bananas. Uh, and this year we have had uh, Moon Knight, Multiverse of Madness. Love and Thunder, Miss Marvel, and we've got more on the way in the forms of She-Hulk and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And they said Phase 4 is finally coming to an end, and the overwhelming sensation from Phase 4 has been, hey, what's going to happen? What's What are we building toward? Is there going to be a single bad guy? Is there going to be, like, an Avengers movie that we're looking forward to? The sense of sort of, like, floaty, no clue of what's next has been... In a lot of, you know, headlines and people saying, like, has the MCU yeah. lost its way? And I mean, yes. if you think back to 2008, <laughs> all we knew was an Avengers movie was going to happen. And it was four years of not right. knowing. But we yeah. never had interconnected movies before. So there was novelty to it. And this time it just felt like I've got like eight movies in a year and I don't know how any of them are related. Like, we just have to trust that they're related, and it's a weird energy. And you've sort of been left to the mercy of, do you like each movie in series? Well, now we have our Phase 5 outline. After Wakanda Forever closes out Phase 4, which I believe uh, Faye and his fellow producers have said is really about introducing characters, setting up new characters, new threads, if not an explicit storyline. Phase five is going to be a little more explicitly bringing people together for the next crossovers. So phase five, beginning in 2023, we are going to have films such as uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 3, which will be the last Guardians of the Galaxy of this team. Uh, we are going to have the Marvels. Wait, that's a weird. They said yeah. that. Yes. Be, Interesting. Uh, it leaves huh. them open to like having a new Guardians team because there were multiple if Guardians teams to. in the comics. Yeah. But like the Chris Pratt led group, they're saying this is the last movie of these particular characters. Um, 
Then we're going to have The Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel, including Miss Marvel and uh, the daughter of Monica Rambeau. Is it Monica Rambeau? Is that the Monica character? Monica Rambeau. That's the younger one? Yeah. The daughter? Monica is the younger one. Maria is yes. the older one. Okay, yeah. So Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, sorry, are going to be uh, both showing up in... Uh, the Marvels. We have Blade starring Mahershala Ali and uh, Captain it's America. Probably going to have. Is that going to have Kit Harrington in it too? Because they, they said so. that Blade the, is going to yeah. is going to predate Eternals. Yeah, um, I believe he's going to be in it, but I I don't know if that casting is like official. Um, and then gotcha. Chase Five is going to close out with Captain America: New World Order and the Thunderbolts. Uh, in, interspersed in there, there are going to be a few other series, such as Secret Invasion, starring Sam Jackson, the Echo, which is a spinoff of um, Hawkeye and the character Echo in that show, season two of Loki, Ironheart, whose character uh, Riri Williams is going to be introduced in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Agatha, right. Coven of Chaos, uh, they got a rename for that series, and probably the biggest surprise that made some headlines is Daredevil, Born Again, starring Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, we don't know if it is going to hard reset the previous Daredevil series, which is now on Disney+, Plus, or if it is going to be just a continuation. Uh, we don't know if Foggy and Karen are coming back. Maybe the Punisher is going to show up. We don't know anything about it, but it's called Daredevil Born Again, and it's coming in 2024. The biggest thing about that is that it's 18 episodes, right? Yeah, which is three times the length of any Disney yeah. uh, Plus series so far. So like Which is that's a, some of them I feel like really could have used a bit more, whereas others are like, yeah, yeah. that was a good kind of mini series. Like I definitely felt like Miss Marvel could have used more episodes. Yes. Um Miss Marvel could have used more episodes, and maybe um I think a lot of the other shows could have as well. So I'm hoping yeah. it's a sign of things to come. That's phase five, as has been described to us. And phase six has also been lightly teased in that we are getting a Fantastic Four movie and two Avengers movies in the same year, only a few months apart. Mm -hmm. We are going to be getting Avengers The Kang Dynasty and huh. Avengers Secret Wars. And The Secret Wars is going to be a show, right? No, Secret Invasion is a show that's coming out Oh, Secret Invasion. Okay, sorry. I was Secret Wars is like... I I do not know much about the comics. It is one. It is like no. I I just think having a show called Secret Invasion and a movie yeah. called Secret Wars is dumb. It's confusing. Yes. Yeah, it would not be the dumbest <laughs> thing that the, this franchise has done. But here we are. Secret Wars, the big multiversal battle, um, is the last movie they announced before saying this is called the Multiverse Saga. Whereas the first ten years oh, of the franchise Christ. were called the Infinity Saga. This Can't is the Multiverse. Wait saga. till that's over. Can we, yeah. as a society, finish up the multiverse saga? I'm, so, I'm sick of it just from this year. Like, I mean, that is a ton of stuff. It's all coming yeah. out in like the next three years. Yeah, that's a lot. And just reading that list to you took s several minutes. And uh, I'm kind of already done. Uh, it was exhausting just listening to all that. Just Yeah. It's sort of like... So much. It's like when... You remember when Pixar was like real hot shit and like every year they would release one movie and it uh -huh. would always be really good and they didn't do sequels aside from Toy Story because that was the first one mm -hmm. uh, and just all of the movies were really good for like a fucking solid decade and then yep. they're like hey what if we just released several movies a year and mm -hmm. now they're just kind of like only as good as generic Disney movies it's just like come on guys Qu yeah, quality obviously... over quantity please <laughs> Yes, and obviously there's a lot that goes into certain things. Creative teams make all the difference, and if Disney continues yeah. to support those creative teams, that's great. But it does smell a little bit like Netflix bloat in that you've got yeah. series getting greenlit left and right, and you just kind of have to wait for the gems to bubble to the top unless you're really interested in exploring those things. And Yeah, and especially with all the other stuff we've heard about like how just like absolutely miserable it is to work for marvel as a vfx artist yeah. it's just yeah. like well i mean part of the reason for that is also because of like how much they churn out and you know like the yeah. people they hire this not is, being specifically you know i don't care who you are how much money you have this is a tremendous amount of very expensive content being pushed yeah. out in an in a very tight window of time. And that is going to have real impacts on the people making it. There have been some people speaking out over this past month about how unpleasant it is to work as a contractor for Marvel, for VFX, or for other things. Yeah, like, yeah. it was going to be one of the things I talk about, but I guess since we're here, here yeah, like, uh, 
Yeah, just uh, there have been a couple of uh, articles and like, you know, there uh, there's just a lot of really telling things just like of how uh, Mar- Marvel will like demand things at the last minute. And if you fail to produce, they will blacklist your studio yeah. or oh, uh, and like how like they'll like have directors who aren't used to working with VFX departments mm-hmm. and just those directors don't know what they yeah. want. So they'll just be like, Oh, make it like this. And then they br- bring you this and they'll be like, no, make it like that. And, yes. and I think one of the worst things is, uh, uh, is like how they can't like when they give you a draft, it can't be like, you know, an actual rough draft has to be like a fucking perfect render because the filmmakers can't visually envision something in their head, which is just fucking wild to me. You work in movies, you work in a visual medium, man. Mm-hmm. Like, let me find and, the exact. And, and a lot of times, and if you want some insight into what these things actually look like, the corridor crew channel and their VFX artists react. They have a lot of videos that specifically sit down with VFX supervisors and stunt coordinators for Marvel Cinematic Universe properties. And it's obviously that's presented through a more like informative in, you know, in infotainment lens, but you can get a sense of exactly what you're describing as supervisors are like, Oh yeah, sometimes they just give us something and we have to come up with it. And it sounds laudable in the moment, but Again, when you're looking at this list of so many things coming out so quickly, it's it's very easy to react to the first She-Hulk trailer and say, these VFX are bad. And I mean, if you think about it from like a studio standpoint, look at what happened with Sonic. Like you've got studio execs who are like, this is all that matters. As people say, it looks bad. We need to fix it. And they're just giving orders and the bureaucracy is so disconnected and they're so rich with cash that they can just literally shout money down the pipeline until they get what they yeah. want. But at the other end of that yeah. pipeline are the people who have to get it done. Yeah. And, and especially because they, like, they don't see a lick of that money uh nope right when something like when something like this starts making the the tremendous amount of money that marvel does then it it really starts to be like people trying to streamline and Mm -hmm. and you know like cut corners in that process but to like save money and and to like get things done faster but like you said is like where that usually falls on are like the people having to do the grunt Mm -hmm. work who don't actually get to you know see any benefit from the higher return and productivity and to chowder's point if you have a director that is not familiar with working with vfx departments uh, yeah. or or speaking that language or dealing with those tools, if they don't come with a plan and if they haven't shot the movie to be built this way, I mean, you see it all the time in those videos that I was mentioning where the super where the uh, VFX coordinators are like, yeah, um, it was easier. Instead of actually trying to merge these two shots together, it was easier to recreate everything from the ground up in CG. Like yeah. you're yep. <laughs> given assets that were not built to support these pipelines. Yeah. And then Disney Disney doesn't seem to respect that, at least from these testimonials, doesn't seem to respect that when making Anything. their demands. They're just like, yeah. no, we have a deadline and that's it. There's one specific yeah, shot like, in Thor Love uh, and Thunder when they're panning around a big, beautiful city, but the frame rate is so low, you can't get a clear fucking look at it, and you know that came down to a bad deadline. Anyway, yeah. Chatter, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, I found found the paragraph uh, in from, that I was thinking of from an article in Vulture. Uh, the main problem, uh, quote, the main problem is most Marvel directors aren't familiar with working with visual effects. A lot of them have, done, have just done little indies at Sundance Film Festival and have never worked with VFX. They don't know how to visualize something that's not there yet. That's not on, that's not on set with them. So Marvel often a- starts asking for what we call final renders. As we're working through a movie, we'll Yikes. send work-in-progress images that are not pretty but show where we're at. Marvel often asks them to be delivered at much higher, higher quality very early on, and that takes a lot of time. Marvel does this because it's direct. Yeah. A lot of times nowadays, what people will do is pre-visualize things where they create these rough drafts before shooting so that you know and can visualize what you're going to do. 
previs comes before shooting, and then you shoot it to match the previs, and then it goes off to the different houses to do the work and bring everything together. But if that planning isn't being done up front, then it all has to be done on the back end by a bunch of different studios, all handling different parts of the same movie. It's just, I can't even imagine the logistical nightmare of it. Uh, So when I look at this list of of movies and TV shows... What if they just fucking storyboarded their goddamn movies? (laughs) I mean, <laughs> previs is essentially storyboarding. That it is. Yeah, it is what, yeah. Um, and that kind of planning goes a long way. So, like, f- from an industry production standpoint, there's more scrutiny on this franchise than ever. From a pop culture standpoint, there's a sort of wobbly sense of where we want this to go. Off mic, we were talking about it. Like, Jeff, these last two movies hit you in a bad way, and it's yeah. totally changing what you're looking forward to. For me, I've been sort of hit and miss for a bit, so I'm just like. I'm staring at this list like, do I want to watch all this stuff? I don't know. I, I I might if I have the time. I'm getting busier and busier as the time goes on. Do I want to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Absolutely. Do I want to watch Echo? I don't know, man. Probably not. And I that's, certainly that's don't. Fine. I didn't find that character extremely compelling in the not very, you know, not yeah. super stellar show that she was in. So it's yes. just like. All right. Well, like, it's like, you know, like I liked uh, fucking uh, Agatha Harkness and WandaVision a whole lot. And I'm like, but does she need her own show? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. And, and it's and just like, I don't know. With all these, like, I mean, the, the shows are one thing, right? Because like if you have a Disney Plus membership, then it's like, OK, you're you can just watch them for sure. not free, but for what you would have been paying anyway. Yeah. For like seven I think, bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think my stance going forward is probably going to be I'm not going to pay to go see the movies. Mm. I'll probably watch them when they come out on streaming, yeah. but I just That's fair. And and I think yeah. I think this is a good point for the people cuz I know that for a lot of people the MCU is like the first big geek fandom that they've latched onto because it has been such a massive massive mainstream success. And yeah. speaking as someone who's been a fan of things before, during and after, the heyday of the MCU, it is very easy to fall prey to this sense of obligation to it. Right, yeah. This is an excellent time to reevaluate that sense. What are you looking for? What are you into? Is it worth the weird politics? Is it worth the the problems it's creating for studios? And also, are you watching stuff to watch it or watching stuff because you care? And I, what I don't think Marvel has done in all this reveal of phase five and six for their next few movies is given people something like that to latch onto, and that i'm just sort of echoing the criticisms that people have been saying about it's directionless but i think beyond that there are so many things to watch now the idea of character-based spin-offs you've got your fucking smash hit successes like peacemaker but again like is echo gonna be a peacemaker surprise hit i don't fucking know and it's fine to not know but it is, this was arguably the biggest piece of news of the month. And the only conversation around it has been, aside from like the joy of Daredevil coming back, just been a lot of like, <laughs> okay, but what's the point? And that's. Yeah. Also, I don't, to be honest, like, I don't have tremendously high hopes about Daredevil either. If it's I don't going think to be, it's high hopes. Know? I think it's just that it's not dead because the original show yeah. is so beloved. Uh, and, That's true. and and again, like the only sparks of of like hope coming from this are the facts that previous things were good. Not that this yeah. is doing what people want, but that previous things were good. And it's just like it is. This is a big subjective soup of thing. Like uh, the machine of the MCU is so big that you could spin it a billion different ways. But again, this is the biggest news of the month, and all we can talk about is Daredevil reprisal. Oh, but also VFX artists are being mistreated. I, you can't. Th- there's no direction to go from there, really. It's just we. It's such a juggernaut that you kind of have to see where it goes. And I, I'm not. I am not seeing privately or publicly a lot of excitement about this, really. And it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like. When I said that this was either going to be a very, or when Jeff said this was either going to be a very short or very stupid episode, I think we've gone to the side <laughs> of stupidity um, with this. Yeah, that's usually where I end up eventually. <laughs> but that's uh, but that's about it. I mean, if you guys have no other thoughts on this, I got to tell you, I don't either. I think out of this list, I'm excited for Captain America and Ant-Man and beyond that, kind of nothing, really. So I'm, exi- I'm excited for Blade. But that's really about it, yeah. I think I would have been, even past the not liking the last two movies, I think I would have been a lot more excited for Wakanda Forever 
but all the stuff during the pandemic of the fucking what's her name the fucking lead actress being oh, a super right? anti yeah being super anti-vax just zapped my enthusiasm yeah. for that entirely we also don't even know if she's going to be like the lead actor because they're now making a mystery of who the next black panther is going to be i think that's a smart marketing strategy but one that's starting pretty close to the release of the movie that got drowned out by all this <laughs> other news so it's just maybe it will be namor <laughs> who, who by the way like namor just kind of looks like serge tankian from like a system of Serge Tankian has a has a pretty pretty strong aesthetic though. They wouldn't be wrong to base a character aesthetic on him. Yeah, I've got news. All right, Jeff, hit me with your news. All right, I've got a few things. Um, all right, so I'll start off with a little bit of sad news. Technoblade died technically last month on the 30th of June. Mm. Um, Technoblade is a prominent uh, Minecraft YouTuber and uh, and live streamer. Um, and yeah, he, he died after struggling with cancer for a little while. He was pretty young. He's like, gosh, that's a good, you know, I should have looked that up. How old was Technoblade? I think he was, he was like early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, in a in a kind of nice uh, nod to him, uh, Minecraft uh, added a crown to the pig in their little loading screen because Technoblade's uh, Minecraft skin was a pig with a crown on it. Mm. So that was a, a kind of a nice touch. Not a whole lot to say about that. It's just, you know, kind of sad seeing a lot of Minecraft YouTubers being like, you know, like paying tribute to him in different ways. Sure. But, uh, yeah, we got a trailer for the... Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie looks that fun, looks honestly interesting. Yeah, I could see. I, I I watched that trailer and I was like legit. I was like, this is either gonna be really good or really bad, and there's nowhere in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, much. it was like it looked fun, but it looked fun in the kind of Hollywood way of like, oh, this could be really fun or this could just be a stupid yeah. nightmare. This could be a Suicide Squad. That trailer was great. What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Um, but my favorite thing to come out of that though is <laughs> this tweet where they're uh, announcing who Chris Pine is playing, and uh, the yeah. tweet I quote: "Quit, Chris Pine is Edgen the Bard." <laughs> 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 That's very funny. It's very good. Um, yeah, we got, uh, oh, we got from San Diego Comic-Con, we got the announcement that the first Avatar movie is uh, going to be about the last Airbender cast set between uh, the original series and Legend of Korra, which my computer in my notes has corrected to Korea. Uh, so there's that. The Legend of Korea um, is a long the story Legend of tale. Korea. Everything changed <laughs> when the Fire Nation attacked. Uh, so that, I mean... I uh, not a whole lot to say about that, but that that does kind of deconfirm that sort of um, yeah, speculated list we that we had before, before about it yeah. being about uh, Avatar Kyoshi. Mm -hmm. um, It'll be interesting because the the art that was shown with the announcement looks dead on like the flashbacks we saw in Legend of Korra of mm -hmm. adult Aang and adult Sokka. And, yeah, which is and, great. Which is great, but it makes me wonder, like, is it going to try to steer clear or is it going to, like, try to tie them together more directly? I don't know. It's just interesting. It, it, I didn't expect yeah. them to root this movie so squarely in in one of the shows i thought it'd be a little more of a departure so i'm curious yeah uh it's yeah i'm just like well okay i've got you know i'm not going to anticipate it that much but when it comes out if it's good then it'll be good and yeah. that'll be good uh we got a trailer for the uh for the guillermo del toro pinocchio movie the stop motion one looks, on netflix yeah that one looks fun and it looks a lot better than the other pinocchio trailer that we got a little while ago um, I don't even for remember that other the Pinocchio movie. One. I don't even re I remember that you guys were ragging on it, but I don't even remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, it was mostly just I mean, it didn't look that exciting. It looked a little bit generic, but also mm -hmm. Pinocchio's voice was like kind of weird emo teenager kind mm -hmm. of voice. <laughs> um Dad, my nose is too big. It sounded like a disinterested gay man voice to me. Yeah, sort of. Uh I didn't want to draw that comparison necessarily, but I could see it going either <laughs> way. Um <laughs> Uh, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about Marvel, but we did get another uh, She-Hulk trailer, which, in my opinion, I think looks better in terms of the the VFX 
uh, than the first one, which is good. Like I said, when the initial trailer came out, it all looked like it came down to compositing. And actually, the quarter yeah. pointed out something else that the compression on YouTube like is, on YouTube is, yeah. is pretty aggressive compared to the compression on Disney Plus, and like the side by side of those versions is pretty wild the detail on her skin makes a big difference go figure but yeah also but beyond that i also thought it was a more entertaining trailer i'm pretty on board with, yeah with checking it out it looks fun true um and then i only have one other thing to talk about this month and it is of course a bit of obligatory transformers news hell yeah uh, at san diego comic-con we got our first look at the uh the next well i mean we've seen images of it before where we got our first like uh snippet a little teaser trailer for the next transformers series that mm-hmm. is going to be uh, uh I, I think it's it's nickelodeon but it's going to be airing first on paramount plus and sense. then going to show up on nickelodeon afterwards um called transformers earth spark and uh we saw a little clip of the show which i i think looked promising um in terms of like i don't know the pacing of it uh and we got our voice cast confirmed and uh if, if you've heard me fucking whine about transformers casting in the past with the the other two kind of more recent shows uh if you recall uh they've been moving in a direction of like non-unionized actors for a little while now uh opting to instead of like hiring peter cullen to play optimus prime they will instead hire a person doing an impression of Peter Cullen, like literally the la- the guy who they've had play Optimus Prime for the past two years, Jake Fushi, two years, past few years, uh, it like they literally found him like as a YouTuber doing Peter Cullen impressions rather than like an actor who can act. Uh, and it's been rough, but um, we got our announcement for who's playing Optimus Prime in this series, and it's fucking Alan Tudyk. Which he's, is he's a tremendous voice actor and a tremendous yeah. actor. He's fantastic. Which is like, okay, that's not my first choice that I would have imagined for Optimus Prime, but at least he's someone who can act and is probably gonna be I mean, we've heard snippets of the voice. It does sound like a little bit Peter Collin impression-y, but at least, you know, it's not like it's not like someone doing a fucking five second impression of him on YouTube and then asked to like carry out yeah. a script with like meaningful gravitas. Like I, I, I have high hopes about this casting because I know that Alan Tudyk is a good actor. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, I think that the trailer uh, was was pretty promising because I, I think that the last few series that we've gotten have just been like the episodes too short that they can't like tell an actual story or too few episodes that they can't tell an actual story. So I'm excited. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got. But uh, yeah. All right, Chowder, hit me with your last little snippets. Uh, yeah, I guess the snips. first thing I want to talk about is uh, well, the cheating scandal at GDQ. So, oh, yeah. So let me give some context. So Games Done Quick is like a... A charity event where like uh, speedrunners will come in and like uh, show off uh, speedruns and like you know people will uh, donate and it's kind of like telethon or a marathon type of thing and you like you can reach goals to like see like special speedruns uh, it's it's a fun time and uh, you know it's important to note that this isn't really a competition or anything it's just chill people coming in uh, doing doing cool stuff in video games and just making commentary over it. And uh, this year, there, which is why it's wild that somebody cheated, <laughs> which is wild that somebody cheated. Exactly. Before the pandemic, it was only in-person events. So, you know, impossible to cheat. But when the pandemic started uh, there, uh, you know, people were starting to who play on online or, uh, you know, stream from online. And uh, and, you know, there there were worries that like cheating could occur. But like, you know, for the most part. It hasn't happened until now. And this year, Summer Games Done Quick 2022, uh, there was a block for a game for the game Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. The speedrunner there was a Russian player named Mekarazium, who like first did an hour hour long speedrun of the uh, uh, normal game, which and you know it was a legitimate run. But like when the goal goal incentive was reached he did a speed run of the game's blade wolf dlc and uh that's where the cheating occurred he uh he didn't play the game he just 
It was like a pre-recorded thing, right? It it, it was a pre-recorded thing, a task, which is basic. Uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but basically a task is he, yeah, he played a pre-recorded thing and was pretending Tass to- Task is tool-assisted speedrun, is that right? Tool-assisted tool speedrun. Basically, like, you use save states and uh, uh, editing to make it look like a world record run. And, you know, he uh, he tried to pass off this world record run as his- legitimate and like you know he was like holy shit i got a whole world record run on gdq and it's and you know at at the time nobody was like questioning it because who the fuck would do something like that but uh, <laughs> after an investigation everyone's like what the fuck man and uh and yeah he's now banned from gdq and uh his reasoning is absolutely bizarre. well it's horseshit right because he also tried to play it off like he knew like he was intentionally it, like it was just a miscommunication that he was just trying to show a a tool assisted speed run and not lie about it and that just people misunderstood yeah but he like visibly reacted to getting a quote-unquote world record when yeah. he knew that that's not what it was so it's just like what no like, like <laughs> you he, didn't what are you trying to bullshit us like but also like he's trying to say like oh i just had so much passion for the speedrunning, and I wanted to show people the peak of of what you can do with this game. And like, he's just like, it wasn't my intention, and to cheat, and it's just like, what are you fucking on, man? Uh, and like, again, this isn't a competition. You're not expected right. to like perform perform optimally what 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 did you even gain from this man uh the, you don't get paid for this by the way uh yeah it's just like bizarre bad, stupid and like you know there might be bigger consequences from now on because like you know a benefit from dream the speed run was that like you didn't have to like fly all the way over to america to be a part of gdq you could like anyone from anywhere could show off a speed run but now it's like maybe things will get stricter and that just kind of sucks for anyone who uh for speedrunners around yeah. the world so that's that's pretty dumb uh other thing i want to talk about rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles is uh it was canceled after its second season which is frustrating but at least on august 5th which is today when this that's coming up uh, when this episode comes out uh uh is on netflix is going to be on netflix uh, we're recording this on August first, by the way. So it's a movie, right? It, it, it's confusing. It's, a movie. it's it, yeah, it's a it's a movie, yeah. And like, my God, I fucking love Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Man, it kind of is annoying that like one of the best shows and like best interpretations just like gets axed. While I don't know, it's just like, well, why does everything good have to die die prematurely? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a sil silly one. So, uh. Elon Musk is trying to terminate his deal to buy Twitter and uh, Twitter is oh, yeah. suing him over it. So basically like, he's like, uh, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't really want to buy Twitter and Twitter's like, no, no, you've already started. You got to see this through. And Elon's like, no, I don't want to. It'll bankrupt me. We don't care. We don't want it either. And rich people being fucking stupid, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking. If this could just result in the death of both Twitter and Elon Musk's uh, financial status, that would be just real great, honestly, right. I think, for the world. <laughs> I want Elon, Elon Musk to bankrupt himself buying Twitter and then run it into the fucking ground and then fucking die in obscurity. That would I, be great. <laughs> I would prefer if he used Twitter. Listen, if Twitter is going to die, it's got to take down all the many worse things with it. So, like buy twitter and fly that bird into the into the facebook complex and just watch them explode and let the social fallout just irradiate all of us yeah um, but facebook's about to kill themselves by fucking changing it to tiktok even though their entire demographic is fucking well like, people no, in their goddamn facebook, 50s facebook is gonna kill itself by um pouring money into metaverse and vr which just lost them about three billion dollars uh in a quarter again so yeah yep that's Money fun. Is it real? Yeah, no, it's not. And like, ugh, man, metaverse stuff, like, I get it. The internet was this way too, where everyone's like, we have this technology, let's build it up and do this. But it is tremendous the amount of money that's being poured into these ventures before any sort of standardization or framework is out there. 
I cannot believe how much cash they're willing to burn. Again, leading us to the idea that money is no longer real, which is fun. Cool. Let's yeah, round we, up the what stories. Just fucking, if we just fucking and also that like, much money into like improving the world that we fucking have. Uh, too expensive. You know. Yeah. Three billion dollars you can like nah, that wouldn't happen solve anymore. world hunger, solve homelessness, and still have money left over, man. It's wild. Uh, yeah, but those are the profit but, makers, so th- mm. but chowder, then you can't hike the price of the Oculus Quest. <laughs> no reason from two hundred to three hundred dollars. Like it's not you're, even you're the missing first the of you're missing the big picture. Second, this is just second life all over again, man. Nah, this is worse. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) moving on. So we're going to round up the stories, try to find what we think is the top story of the month, the most interesting, impactful, or otherwise uh, unexpected headline uh, for what we just saw come out in July, which again, not a lot of big stories, except for the one big story, which nobody really cared about. So let's do our so best is it really here. really a big I, story if nobody really cared? It's big in scope. It, it's, it is undeniably massive how much time and That's money and resources heyo are going into the mcu's next two phases and that's only what we've gotten so far we don't know much else about phase six so that's the biggest story but what's the best story what's the thing that if you're gonna walk away from this podcast remembering anything which is unlikely but if you did what should that thing be according to us the people who have already said all the stuff we're about to say again um i the star trek crossover just warms my heart in a way literally nothing else here did just because it it seems uncomplicated unproblematic and purely joyful and everything else has either had a tinge of sadness or controversy to it or a lack of enthusiasm uh so i'm struggling to think of anything else that like i i want to see more of aside from the rehearsal but again that's just me sort of sharing a tv show that dropped this month how about Uh, you guys uh, what are your nominations for top story of july 2022 I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I care about the most is definitely fucking Alan Tudyk being Optimus Prime. I do like that. That is ex- that that is exciting. I'll fuck with anything that has Alan Tudyk in it. So yeah, like, man, not not a lot has really set my world on fire. All right, this last month, July, whatever. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That that's fucking dope. Uh, I guess I'd go with that. That's the one that excites me the most. I would say, like, but, if like, we're going to do Marvel tinged, as being... Sorry, it's God. also tinged with sadness, because, like, you know, yeah. like, a premature ending of a show, man. Like, at least at least we get to go out on well, this then, movie instead of... Well, then, just, reacting to it as a news story, do you think, like, obviously you love the show dearly, but... Uh-oh, I knocked something over. Obviously you love the show dearly, but how would you rate the importance or the interest of the story of its cancellation in movie how does this how does that new bit of news hit you well it's been canceled for a while hasn't it it has been canceled for a while just that's not yeah if we're gonna fucking if we're gonna do some marvel thing as the news story i think that the most important thing is the uh all the news about the fucking vfx artists talking about how shitty it is rather than the news of you know five and six we do love a good sad oppressed worker top story here on this show don't we There's so much, we, so we much really of it do. every month. I can, I can, <laughs> I can throw my weight behind that, especially as the franchise seeks to do some good PR, get itself back onto a recognizable track, and grow in new and big directions. It's worth knowing what that growth is doing to people involved. So if you're gonna go ahead and watch Black Panther Seven in in your fucking MetaQuest VR two headset, which. <laughs> Like, then go ahead and understand what that actually does to people. I'm definitely good to throw my weight behind that. Oh, yeah, Once same. we're on the point where everyone's in the fucking metaverse with headsets, don't even act like we're going to have individual choice. It's all just going to be fucking Zuck-controlled mind, mind, hive mind bullshit. The Zuckerverse? Yeah. Fuck, no. Ooh. I don't want the ins- I don't want to see the inside of that mind. It's not that often that I say a word that tastes bad, but I just did it. So I think... <laughs> 
this is a good time to wrap it up. So if you're going to walk away from this month with anything, we all have certain things that set our hearts ablaze, but it is worth noting that this uh, juggernaut is doing what juggernauts do and destroying everything in its path. So let's That's try to be funny, cognizant of that. it's a Marvel character. It is. It is. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the fact that they finally fucking name drop mutants in the MCU. So that's fun. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, they, they did oh, do that. They Wait, did. It. Well, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's it, a thing. Sort of. Yeah, they they very heavily alluded to it at the end of Miss Marvel. Yeah. And they even dropped oh. a little sound cue from the I, original yeah, X-Men. I, I take uh, it as pretty unequivocal confirmation. Yeah, no. uh, but that's just me. Um, one little bit of sad news that I didn't think was like part of the conversation. But uh, for this recording as of, uh, it was I believe it was uh, yesterday... Uh, Nichelle Nichols, uh, Lieutenant Uhura in the original Star Trek and uh, recruiter, ambassador, civil rights activist uh, for NASA and other groups, uh, passed away yesterday at age 89. Oh, and it's it's sad. big sad. Oh. She like on top of being part of a thing that I know very intimately, like she was a very legitimate force for good. Um, set down that path by Dr. King and fucking rode that path until yesterday. And she was uh, a kind spirit, according to everybody that knew her. And I just want to say, it's very sad, uh, pay, paying my respects. But that's about it. Uh, I've been Colin Ketchin, and maybe August will be interesting. <laughs> uh, I've been Jeff Levitt. Um, if you want to find me, I do a, a YouTube channel where I do toy reviews. Uh, if, if that's interesting to you, that's Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And that's uh, that's about it for now. Uh, hi, I'm Taimul, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter at Taimul underscore Chowder. I do art stuff there. Wow. You can also find me on oh, our sister podcast, Dice Populi. Yep. There we go. Uh, I am going to be back in our next episode where I believe we're going to be talking about Deltarune, a game that Chowder has asked us to play. Uh, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks, and at the beginning of September, we will review the previous month of Geek News to give you more things to be sad about. Uh, I, I, I'm honestly <laughs> hoping that we do have some more interesting stuff to talk about, because boy howdy, this was not the month for me. And this was a yeah, month where I don't... surprising that San Diego Comic-Con usually has so much to talk about. Yeah, no, there, there was... This, this episode just was lacking energy, man. Yeah, I... And I had, like, a lot more free time this past month than I've had in like maybe a year and a half so I could have just been soaking it all up like a sponge but no sir just wading through so here we go I'm ready to be energized and excited again so we'll see you all in about a month all right ciao Durr. mad about that during this well really just forever to be just, honest no, listen i was i was talking about the mechanics not the content mm -hmm. i'm just not exposed to like that particularly strong way of thinking anymore well okay also i don't feel that just to make my fucking point clear i don't even <laughs> feel that strongly about it i liked loki i'm just saying it was something that that i had yeah grander issue with <laughs> yeah, I th I think I just am typically used to talking to people that are like, oh, yeah, this was an inconsistency. But like, that's usually not enough to like bump them out of it. Like, and again, it's, this is not a criticism. It's just me like calibrating right. that like these things hit you in a bigger or different way than, you know, most people I talk to. Like it's that 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 is it. That is all it is. Fair.